May is Mental Health Awareness Month. On today's podcast, we will be talking about general mental health awareness and how words matter. We are talking with special guests Jen Sparrock and Tia Manning. Welcome to the Lady Lawyer League podcast. They are a league of lady lawyers in an all-female law firm in Omaha, Nebraska called Hightower Ref Law. On this podcast, you'll hear stories of what it's like to be a lady lawyer and an entrepreneur. Now it's time to talk about the law, share real-life stories about representing clients, and discuss the current events of the week. It's the Lady Lawyer League podcast with Susan Ref and Tracy hightower Henny. All right, Jen and Tia, welcome to our podcast. Tia, you are now an expert. Welcome back. Thank you so much. She's going to get a punch card if she keeps coming. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> Ooh, what are we going to give her on the 10th free thing? Um, she could just have an office here, maybe. No, she wants a coffee mug with oh, her name on it. coffee mug. And an office. Okay. Okay. Thanks. All of the above. How Thank about you. special parking? Oh, yeah. Special parking. Special yep. parking. Great. You well, can have it too, Jen. That's nice. Yeah. That'll make me come back. Well, Jen, tell us who you are and why you're here for Mental Health Awareness Month. Absolutely. So um, I have spent my entire career working in one way or another connected to mental health. Uh, by profession, I'm a licensed independent clinical social worker, which is a mouthful of stuff. Uh, but I've had the opportunity to work both in the hospital environment and in community-based mental health care, um, working primarily with adults, a little bit with kids when I was younger. Um, and right now I work for Nebraska Medicine and I manage their psychiatric emergency services that's been open for about 18 months. Um, and I am a volunteer with the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention and really enjoy being able to connect with folks in the community and provide education and awareness so that we can prevent what really is a public health issue. Awesome. And we really love doing this podcast just so we can just talk about things and have knowledge and um, and really, you know, bring out the awareness of the different things. So this is great to be able to do this in May for Mental Health Awareness Month. So thank you for being here. Absolutely. So Tia, tell us about you. Um, so my name is Tia Manning. I am a licensed mental health therapist. Um, I've been in the field since 2006 in some capacity. And so specifically, mental health is something that um, not only has impacted me personally, but also um, folks that I work with on on the regular. And so um, recently, actually within the last two years, I lost somebody that I was seeing um, in one-on-one -on -one to suicide. And so doing a lot of outreach and being more involved in in, um, suicide prevention and suicide awareness is something that I'm really passionate about. And both of you are involved with the American Foundation for, Foundation for Suicide Prevention, too. Yeah. Yes. Tell us about that. Well, you know, my involvement with um, AFSP was really from attending one of their walks. They do an annual walk, the Out of the Darkness walk during September, which is Suicide Awareness Month. Um, and it was a really great way for me to see how people can come together um, in spite of a loss that's really traumatic for a family and a community and um, bring hope uh, to people and healing. And so that was something I really was looking for was a way that I could get connected in and use some of my mental health experience, but in a really different way um, within the community. Um, so, yeah. What about you, Tia? How are you involved in AFSF? AFSP. And I was going to say, there are a lot of initials in this room, right? Like, and a lot of smart people in this room. So I appreciate that. It's really great. Um, so I got involved. So after the person I was working with died by suicide, I was looking for like resources, right? Because we're taught to just keep going 
and it felt lonely, it felt isolating. There was a lot of things that were going on. Um, and I stumbled upon AFSP. They were offering like a community outreach um, training that weekend. And so I've been involved ever since. And so that is just, it's been a very, I will say that AFSP um, has changed my life for sure. Cause it, yeah, I took that pretty hard, so. Yeah. And I think being somebody who works in this field as a vocation, um, there's the work part. And while it is similar, um, doing the suicide prevention piece um, as a volunteer, I get to see things in a really different way, in a really grassroots way, and know that the things that we're doing really make a difference. And we hear that and we see that mm -hmm. with folks that we um, have the opportunity to, to meet. Um, some of my favorite things that we get to do are um, programs and education and being able to um, go out in the community and see people at a hockey game or at a sporting event or at the tattoo convention, which isn't something I would ever do on my own for my, you know, in my own free time. But it's it's been a great way to just really see how um, when we talk about mental health, um, we all have it. It's not like, you know, oh, Tia, she's got mental health, but I don't like we all yeah. have mental health. And it's yes. really more how are we doing in a period and time in our life um, and providing people with um, some normalization of what it looks like to take care of our mental health mm -hmm. um, and including those of us in the business. Yes. So. And we talk a lot about that in our office as practitioners, you know, in the legal community and certainly in your professions as well is, you know, really helping people through very difficult situations and not internalizing that ourselves, but still being able to care. I want to say give a shit, right? Still being able to give a shit about our clients, but not internalizing that and then transferring as well um, yeah. and how we deal with that. So we talk in our office a lot about normalizing therapy and let's talk about it. I just went to my therapist yesterday and I think she's great, right? Um, and that it's not a secret and it's not something that we should ever be ashamed of that we um, work through therapy as people who are helping other people too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and you don't have to have something really severe to need some of that assistance and some of that balance to, you know, help you feel the best you can feel. Absolutely. I think we live in a society that is very, like, we strive on, like, numbers and how much we can like, produce. produce, right? And so that idea of self-care and taking that moment to catch your breath and do all the things, we internalize that as like, I'm being selfish because there's other yeah. stuff I need to do that will validate my self-worth. And but then not all, but also realizing part of that too is if we don't have anything left to give, then what is that going to look like for the other side too? Mm -hmm. So making sure that we're uplifting and I'm as a therapist myself, um, also realizing that <clears throat> as I've been in this field longer and longer, therapy looks different to everybody. And healing yeah. looks different to everybody. So what may work good on one-on-one -on -one therapy for some folks, maybe it's also incorporating yoga. Maybe it's also incorporating like sound bath, all these other alternative type things that we are now being um, introduced into when we're doing therapy and stuff like that with healing. So we live in this world now, I think, where there's a lot of talk about self-care. And 
self-care is a little different than, than mental health care though, isn't it? I mean, or am I confused on this or how would you as the expert? I think it's inclusive, right? And so I think one of the easiest ways, if we think about this, as you say, mental health is health. And so if we're taking care of ourselves, that's going to help our physical health and it's going to help our mental health. And they play together. If I don't get adequate sleep, like I usually don't do, I'm not as productive at work, but it also can impact my thoughts. If I go you know, too long without good sleep, then I start having negative thoughts and I just am not as positive, which usually I'm a pretty positive person. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I I really liked what you were saying of, um, you know, you don't have to go to therapy because you have this major thing that happens. So a lot of times I'll try to equate for folks um, what would be a parallel in the physical health arena to that. So, you know, Mm -hmm. if you had a spot that looked funny on your skin or if you were having some kind of a pain in your chest or if you were having like congestion that didn't go away or a cough that was getting worse, um, you wouldn't wait until like you coughed up a lung to go to the doctor. You would probably go to the doctor and say, gosh, I've had this cough. It's kind of, you know, been here for a bit and uh, it hasn't resolved itself. And I think those are the same things we can apply when we think of going to therapy or seeking help um, with our mental health of, you know, I've just been having some of these weird things in my head lately, or I haven't been able to sleep or, um, you know, I lost my job and I'm really struggling because I feel like I've been a real failure to my family. Those are all things that are you know, okay to talk about with somebody else. And it gives us perspective. Um, you know, we, we talk about the conversations that we have in our heads sometimes and, um, those negative messages that we give. And one of the most important things I think we can do is share that with other people because they can give us perspective where we just, none of us have the ability to be objective about our own thoughts all of the time. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I have, I was having, having a good day yesterday. And so when I had my therapy appointment come up, I, I thought, I don't really need to go. What am I going to talk about? Mm. So I go and I say, I'm having a pretty good day. I don't know what to talk about. And she's like, she pulls her folder out and she's like, I know what we can talk about this thing that we didn't talk about last time, you know? <laughs> and so it's like, even when you're having good days, that self-care is really important. Mm. Absolutely. When I go to therapy, my therapy is I hear about when other people go to therapy and they tell me, well, I have some homework or I have these things I'm supposed to be looking for and working on. And, and I'm like, I just go and blab for literally like the whole time. The therapist just says, "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm." so for 49 minutes and I will run (laughs) work, personal, home, physical, I'll loop it all together. And then at the end, she's like, how do you feel? I'm like, great. (laughs) And someone said to me, your therapist is a place to put all your thoughts Mm -hmm. that's safe, not judgmental, Mm -hmm. not, um, not giving you action. You know, maybe you don't need those action tools. Maybe you just need somewhere to put all that stuff that's in your head. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to keep going. (laughs) I'm not stopping now. You only have one minute left, Susan. (laughs) And then I start talking faster and faster and faster and faster. I'm getting all my money's worth. That's right. But yeah, I mean, and therapy, like just to say therapy looks different for everybody. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. And what the other part I tell people is just like, if you're going to find a new person to do your hair, like the first time, like you might go, Oh, this really stinks, but you have to kind of get to know each other and like, Oh, I wish that was a little bit, you know, blonder here. I wish you could cut it a little bit shorter there. Like you have to communicate those things, um, to your therapist or find a new one. And that's okay too, because 
it's about fit. And so you wouldn't think about continuing to go to a hairdresser that you didn't like what they were doing with your hair. It just means it's not a good fit. Susan knows about this. I don't have long-term relationships with hair people in general. <laughs> Maybe I should talk to my therapist about it. <laughs> yes. You I don't give, issues. I don't give my hair people very many second chances. Oh, I see. Cause it's, 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 and we could talk about that. That should be an episode. You have 50 minutes. <laughs> I, mean, I think you bring up a good point, right? Like not giving people too many chances. I have people that I see that, yeah, I tried a therapist for a year and we just didn't get along. And it's like, so part of that is advocating for yourself yeah. and making sure that you mix well. And it may come a time in your life. It worked well in this situation. Mm. Oh, yeah. But it's time to change. Yeah. And that's okay. And yep. therapists don't get mad if you don't jive with them. Right. Right? Like, I think that would be a problem if they were like, well, wait, I want to be your therapist, but you don't want me to be your therapist. Yeah. Absolutely. Move on and, yeah, find what works for you. Certainly. Well, the other thing that we really want to talk about is words matter. And we talk about that a lot in a lot of our podcast. Um, and I think that, you know, when we think about words matter, what are some of those things that we can take away from this episode and have listeners really understand um, what we should be changing when we talk about mental health? So, you know, we hear the word stigma attached a lot of times to mental health issues. And what really that is, is judgment. And it's it's somehow saying that there's something wrong with the person who is having that experience and who is having that mental health challenge. And we wouldn't do that, again, if somebody was talking about their cancer or something else. And so the words that we use are really powerful and they make a difference in that person's choice to continue to seek the help that they need. So there's the obvious ones like crazy and things like that, that we don't want to do that, that um, not only for that person, but we never know who is around us. So if you're in the right. you know work area and you make a reference like that, even if you think that person with you doesn't, it doesn't mean there aren't people around you that have a mental health mm -hmm. issue or they have a family member that has a mental health concern. And so being mindful about how that can be affirming and uplifting or not. And the energy that comes out of those words, how different does it feel if I say to you, well, what's wrong with you? What's wrong yeah. versus tell me about what happened. Whoa. Cause if something's wrong with you, then you're the person who's to blame. Right. And it's your job to fix whatever that broken thing is versus um, tell me about what happened to you. Mm -hmm. I'm inviting you in and I want to be a part of trying to help you heal from whatever that is. I like that. I think yeah. that's important too. Cause I also think what we tend to do, is because of our own discomfort, we're always trying to put the words back on somebody else. So like that example where you gave of what's wrong with you? Because we <clears throat> oftentimes are like, oh, again, we go back to we're just pushing, we're pushing the grind. Yeah. And so although I care about you, I'm just trying to just you tell me and then I'll see where I have what I have capacity to hold from there. Mm -hmm. And so being more intentional with when we honestly say tell me what happened to you mm -hmm. sitting with that person and sharing that space and holding that space from a very legitimate place. Right. Can that be so powerful? And listening to them when you ask the question too, I think a lot of people are okay at knowing a good question to ask and, but then not actually sitting and listening um, in a way that maybe they're not listening to respond to. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good point because I think, um, 
in general, we care about people. I don't Mm -hmm. think people generally show up to be a jerk, but I think we get uncomfortable with certain things. And so then we want to hurry it along. Mm -hmm. And there's a difference between listening to understand and listening to hear Mm -hmm. and listening to respond. Like I got to think of the next thing I'm going to say to that person. So, um, and I think it's because we don't know. So then it's like, Oh, we get nervous and you know, um, or I think people think if they're going to ask the question um, that they then as the listener need to give some sort of advice. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's just I don't think necessary. Mm-hmm. One of the things, you know, in doing primarily divorce work, when our clients are going through a traumatic period in their life um, of ending a marriage, separating their family, having to move out of a home, maybe talking about bankruptcy, all of these things. I can listen by all means. I will listen, um, but I don't. I'm not good at giving the therapy advice, right? I can give legal advice, um, but then I get sometimes uncomfortable going like, "I'm supposed to give them an answer." You know, this is why they're telling me that. And I think if we can be really cognizant and saying like, "I hear you," but let's get you to a person that can help you, and that's not in my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. And I like what you said, Jen, about. Um, mental health is health. And so there's no judgment, but there's also no, like when people are just, let's say they're feeling depressed or they're feeling very, very down or hopeless. People say, snap out of it or do something that makes you feel happy. Like they've already tried all those like simple ideas. Like it's, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's like saying to someone who has the flu, well, if you just wake up on the right side of the bed tomorrow, you'll be better. Like right. that, there's no like just instant fix, instant better, you know? Um, and I think with mental health, we think it's just a mood or, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm a little tired today, so I'm going to be quieter and I'm going to not be my outgoing self, which happens. That's not mental health. That's, that's just my mood today, Mm -hmm. you know, but people who are depressed are, you know, like they can't snap out of it. Mm -hmm. If they could, they would. (laughs) I mean, come on, let's, that's pretty simple. Yeah. And I think, too, like you make a great, so this made me think of in the African-American community as we relate it to mental health, the big thing is not to seek help, take it to church, mm, take it okay. to your friends, take it, stay out of the therapist thing because it's a sign of weakness. Mm, wow. And so reiterating like how important it is that we all may go through things yeah. that would warrant that we need to talk to somebody mm-hmm. or other resources. And it's okay that the person that is providing support isn't necessarily a part of your church, mm-hmm. right? So there can be cultural differences Absolutely. with the stigma that we talk about too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I think, it, so how, how can, how could we as attorneys or we as community people, leaders, like how can we help people if we mm-hmm. see some struggles or if we suspect, or someone even shares some small mm-hmm. pieces of their mental health with us? You know, I, I think one of the things that is really okay, and you were talking about this when you're working with your clients, mm-hmm. is um, affirming the experience and say, whew, that's really hard. Mm-hmm. That's really hard. Um, and that goes a long way because what you're doing is you're validating what that person's experience is, especially if they've had other people in their life that have you know, maybe unknowingly, I don't know that people do this on purpose, but, you know, said just snap out of it or what's wrong with you or if you would just, if you would just. 
And that doesn't affirm, it doesn't pull the person in, it pushes the person yeah, away. Absolutely. And so I think being able to validate somebody and then also thanking somebody for saying, that's really hard to share that. And mm -hmm. um, thanks for, thanks for, you know, trusting me and having yeah. the courage to say it. Um, and then you can partner with that person about, you know, how they might get some help. Mm -hmm. um, I think we tend to, um, get nervous and yeah. jump to, you know, the very end of the spectrum of things that we should do. And there's a whole, you know, library. We, you know, if somebody has an infected toe, you don't cut the toe off first, right? So you think of other things that you can do to try and treat the the symptoms of that. Yeah. Um, so if you're not sleeping well, let's figure out how we can help you get some better sleep because we know your health is going to be impacted if you aren't sleeping well. And then what are those underlying things that are really causing you to, to not sleep well? Mm -hmm. And we can talk about those mm -hmm. things too. Yeah. I think too is um, going off of what Jen was saying is asking them, how can I support you? Because mm -hmm. when sometimes what we do is we're so caught up at the end. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm going to get you all these resources and this is what we're going to do. And the person's like, wait, I feel better, better just sharing that with you. Mm -hmm. Can mm -hmm. we revisit this in, mm -hmm. you know, at a later time or something like yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And somebody might just say, you know, just you listening was good enough for Absolutely. now. Mm -hmm. And knowing that you um, heard me, maybe mm -hmm. in the future, if I need you again, I'll, mm -hmm. I'll mm -hmm. say, you know, something I've said to clients when they tell me they're, they're really tough, stressful, whatever it is. And I, and I say, you know, I'm just, that was probably very hard to say out loud. I, I will say, and, and tell me if this is wrong, I will say, are you talking to a professional about this? Is that okay to say? I think it's okay to say there's, okay. it's never a wrong thing. Okay. Right. And sometimes you're giving somebody a thought that they didn't know, even know was there and yeah. you're validating. I think there's this thing we do. It's sort of like this comparative like burden mm. of my husband and I do this a lot in the morning. I'll wake up in the morning and be like, Oh, I really slept bad last night. Well, you slept bad. And then oh, he starts yeah. telling oh. me, and it's like, we're trying to one up each other on who had the worst night of sleep. And I'm like, wait, my oh, husband does that too. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, why oh, do we wait, do stuff wait, like that? I, don't, I think because somehow we feel like we have to justify. And so, but really, you know what? we both had a bad night's sleep, Absolutely. right? So we don't have to sort yeah. of like justify the bad thing. And my bad thing isn't as bad as your bad mm. thing. Like they both suck, right? <laughs> so how are we going to support each other mm -hmm. in that mm -hmm. thing? Like, and so I think that um, when you say that to somebody, like, have you thought about seeing a professional? I think it, it affirms again that, that that's okay to do, yeah. not only because of stigma, but because you're worth it and you deserve you know, to feel better. Um, yeah. and I think we sit in that muck sometimes because we say, well, I don't have it bad enough. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, and it's interesting though. I like how you say that Susan, you know, asking a question in that way, because sometimes I get in a moment where I'll just blurt out to the client, I think you should see a therapist. And I, because that's again, my uncomfortness of, um, being in the moment and not knowing what to say and knowing that like, I, I can listen, but I can't help you. And it's, I like that of asking that question. Um, and again, the word therapy and therapist have the stigma as opposed to a professional. Maybe it's a different professional that they need mm -hmm. to see. Um, but we often have clients that will say, I don't need to see a therapist. My spouse needs to see the therapist. None mm -hmm. of this is my fault. Right. When we're talking mm -hmm. about divorces. I'm not crazy. Yeah. They're crazy. And so we often get pushback and then clients can get very upset with us by even the mm -hmm. mention that they might need to see a professional too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And <laughs> the, 
the, and then, and then the clients who have the other person diagnosed, you know, mm. um, and, and there can be mental health on both sides in a case for sure. Um, and because, and it's usually we get, well, they're, they're a narcissist and, um, and okay, maybe, maybe they are, or maybe they have those tendencies, but what's going on with you? Like, mm. because we can't control them. We can't, mm-hmm. we can't change them. Mm-hmm. If we could change other people, like really, that would be great. I'm sure you two would be so happy. <laughs> I'll get my wand out. Yeah. <laughs> I, probably people who work in mental health, attorneys, doctors, who else would really want to change everybody? Like just mm-hmm. with the snap of a finger, you know, like, mm-hmm. yep, you're, your mental health problem is gone now and your, your divorce, all those issues, they're just cleared up. Mm-hmm. People think that we can do that. Right. I think it's easy too to focus on others than ourselves. So when we say sure. they have narcissism and it's like, okay, I understand that. And mm-hmm. maybe I'll sit with that. But I also want you to internalize and look what's going on within you. Because yeah. The more we look at everybody else, the less likely mm-hmm. we have to look at ourselves because mm-hmm. yeah. it's them, not us. And but and yeah. the, the piece that goes along with that is then the way we can empower ourselves by we know we can't change that external factor or mm. how that person is. Um, we, though, have the ability to change how we're going to respond to those things that are beyond our control. Mm-hmm. Um, and that maybe I'm leaving this person or that maybe uh, I'm not going to react to them anymore or I'm going to block this you know, person's number because they keep harassing me or whatever those things are that aren't affirming to our own mental health. Mm-hmm. So it's not about blaming. Yeah. It's about I'm and that's the part with self-care. That's I'm taking care of myself and this is what I need right now. Um, you know, a, a year ago, there was so much going on in my workplace. And that was one of the things that, that was really impacting my sleep. And I turned my notifications off on my email, on my phone. And that was like a game changer for me because yeah. it's still there. I check it all often, but at least I wasn't getting that kind of constant stimulation of, of, oh my gosh, now there's another email. What do I need to do? What's going wrong? And so they don't have to be big things that yeah. we do to take care of ourselves, right. but yeah. there are things that can have a big impact in how we're feeling about things. Yeah. So your program at the med center started during the pandemic. It did. Was that on purpose? Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> I really would not encourage anybody to start a huge program during <laughs> It was obviously in the pandemic. works before. It was. Yeah. It was, but I will tell you, you know, hiring a whole team of people uh, via Zoom was a interesting experience yeah. doing all of our orientation and all of the delays that happened because of supply chain things and all of those kinds of, I mean, the world things were happening, you know, with that. Um, but I think it's now that we're sort of in a different space, I think it's, um, I look back on that and go, okay, well, we got to have a little more time for preparing for things. And we were able to look at things in a different way because we um, weren't able to do things as, as much face-to-face. Um, so I think um, that was a challenge, but, you know, we've hopefully rose to the occasion and yeah. um, are hopefully doing good things for our community. Well, as we sort of wrap up, I do. I want one other topic because, as a legal podcast in the legal community, um, what are some of your thoughts on education about mental health when we talk about the legal community? You know, we always try. We struggle a lot with like having judges understand mental health. Um, we also do criminal defense work in our office too. So you know, like how that wraps in 
to criminal defense work, family law, custody, all of those things, what are some needs that you think we may have in Nebraska or where we're doing really well at education about mental health? Um, or what are some things that you think we could do better at? I totally put you on the spot. We're perfect. <laughs> we are not perfect. No. I know that. <laughs> positive, positive. No. Well, one thing that we had chatted about is that we don't get training in oh, how I to see from the yeah, legal community. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Well, you know, I think uh, what we were talking about too is like not only taking care of ourselves, but um, having a good understanding of that. Again, everybody has mental health. It's not like some people have it and some people don't. And so, um, it, it is not a crime to have a mental health condition, and we oftentimes have criminalized yes. um, things yeah. that happen that are a direct result of a mental health or substance use problem that somebody may have or a challenge that they may have. So, yeah. and I think our community has really done some amazing things too. I think um, the CIT training that <laughs> the law enforcement has done, which is critical incident training, where they invest 40 hours a week um, and they volunteer to do mm -hmm. it so that they can, um, know better how to intervene with somebody yeah. that might be experiencing a mental health crisis. Um, I think that speaks volumes to, mm. you know, what Omaha is trying to do to support um, people who have mental mm -hmm. health um, challenges. Tia, you raised your hand, meaning so you're, I, you I, were involved in the She things? was like given a fist bump. Oh, like yeah. the air so I um, have been doing that for what, like, I think two years. And so I help run the scenarios on. And so, yeah, just. I agree with that. That's something that has been amazing to see. Um, I also feel like we could do more outreach in certain pockets of the community that don't necessarily always have access to mental health care. Mm -hmm. um, I think when you go down, and so again, a lot of my experience is working with folks that are incarcerated in the access to mental health means upon release from whether it be jail, whether it be um, prison, anything like that is super limited. One, we have the long wait list, um, but then also there's a whole thing for another day in regards to what that looks like for mental health access when they're on the inside, right? Right. Um, but I think overall the education that we have with the community, because I think the more we can do that now, the more we can prepare for whatever the long-term effects are from COVID, because mm. we don't know. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is going to, in my personal opinion, I think in regards to mental health, this will be a conversation that will continue to evolve and need to be had. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Well, so we always like to give our listeners some takeaways. And I think really one of the big things that we talked about is self-care and that that can look different for different people. Um, and you know, just a reminder that that can be therapy or not therapy or meditation or going on a walk, but all of that includes self-care and can be really important. Um, the other thing that I really picked up a lot on is, you know, being affirming and validating folks who are having either a mental health crisis or um, when they come to you and are talking about their uh, mental health needs. Um, and that's, that's something that I really learned a lot um, during this conversation. So, yeah, I just want to put out there just real quick. This is my quick, my little plug, being aware of what we're consuming when we're not at work, mm. I think is really big. Like mm. a lot of people like the pot. I, I love a podcast, I will say, but when we're listening to true crime podcasts, watching all the documentaries, all of that, we're consuming trauma and that's another way that we're putting our body in harm, right? So being aware of that and 
going outside, maybe reading a, a book that has nothing to do with that coloring, something like that. So, so if you yeah. watch a true crime documentary, then watch a Disney movie. Deal. Okay. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> well, thank like you both. Advice. Thank you both for coming on the podcast today. And our next episode is going to be about suicide prevention. And we will see you all again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Lady Lawyer League podcast and be sure to like and subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. If you would like to learn more about our firm, Hightower Rough Law, please visit our website at hrlawomaha.com. We'll see you next week.